So this is the, the inheritance, the inheritance, part two. Trace is going to read um, from Luke 15, 11 to the end of the, the chapter. Thank okay, you. thank you. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fa falls to me. So he divided them to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all there, arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he rose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called to one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you, I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might, might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad. For your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. It's a picture of a, a, a guy who had received his inheritance asked for it actually received it early and squandered it what did God do?
his own blood. He took the inheritance of his and he went on. Thought he'd land the life of Riley. When that came, a famine came in the land. And there he was, in the world, eating the food, or trying to eat the food that the pigs were getting to eat. And he sat back, and he realised he woke up. He'd come to his right mind. Even my hired, my father's hired servants, has food to eat, and stop their favour. And here I am, trying to eat pigs gruel. I'm going to go back to my dad. You know, it's called blowing your inheritance. If our God was the kind of God that we know is in the world, you get your inheritance, and if you blow, that's it. But that story tells us as the Father waiting in anticipation for the shape of his son over the horizon of the hills coming back. Was waiting in eager expectation for his son to be coming back to him. And before, almost before he could say, I'm sorry, God said, <laughs> It is a picture of God. But his father said, Here, have a robe. Have some sandals. Come on, we're having a celebration because you were dead. But now you're alive. We talked about this inheritance that we've got. The new covenant that we're a part of. Jesus defeated the enemy. Not just defeated the enemy, he's shown us in the word that all the things in your life where the enemy is stolen and taken away and brought terrorism of fear into your life, he paraded the devil outside of all of that on the cross Amen. and showed him what a worthless, wasteful piece of creation he was, that he's a loser, he's absolutely dethroned defiled and defeated Amen. so that means your sickness is defeated that means your greatest fears have been defeated Amen. the greatest anxiety has been taken away Jesus did it on his own on the cross Hallelujah. you need to make that mindful in your life on a daily basis you need to wake up in the morning and say I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus everything that Jesus died for is mine and I'll receive that in the name of Jesus everything he took the inheritance and I in him so it's mine yeah. Everything. The enemy is defeated. 
The only way he can have rule or reign is if A, you ignorant to the truth, or you allow him and dance with the devil in areas of your life and let him take away the quality of your life. Otherwise, we receive the grace to empower us to say no, 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 I don't need that anymore. I'm not playing with sin. I'm not going to speak about it. I'm not going to use wrong words in wrong ways in insinuation or sarcasm or nastiness or nastiness. I'm going to keep my tongue fruitful. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The accuser's gone. The one who pointed the finger has gone. It's been nailed to the cross. The law isn't there anymore. I'm not breaking any laws. You're not breaking any laws. Jesus fulfilled the law and its righteousness. Everything that needed to be fulfilled. He's ticked all the boxes. We've passed all the tests. Ephesians 1.3 We are accepted in the beloved. We are qualified. We have been given a divine nature. There's nothing too difficult any longer. And we have a high priest who has been a man or has been a human and who has been tempted in every way. Don't think you're the only one who's having that problem. Mm. Every man or every woman has had that problem, including Jesus. Yet, he was not contaminated with one hint of sin. And he understands. He can sympathise. And he's sympathising on our behalf. He's pleading for us if that pleading needs to be done. He's the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. You can't get higher before God. And he's there in that position till tomorrow afternoon. No, forever. Oh, sorry, Don. Forever. (laughs) Forever. Forever. He is not moving or shifting. He's not going to be ever taken out of the way. There's nothing in all creation can move him. That's right. So there's nothing in all creation that can move me. That's right, amen. There's nothing in all creation that can move you. He who has begun a good work is faithful. I didn't say we're faithful. I said he's faithful. He who began the good work is faithful to complete it. You're destined to finish. Destined to get the reward. Destined to have the fulfilment of the completion of your plan that you've been called out of darkness for. Into his marvellous light. 
Hallelujah. Finished with this scripture last week, and I want to dig into it a little bit. So, Acts chapter 20, <clears throat> Paul was incarcerated and imprisoned for what he believed, and he was moved from one prison or one house prison to another across Turkey, Greece and this is a time when he was coming to the end of his days and he knew that his time was coming where he would have to maybe give his life for what he believed from verse 17 we hear this is when Paul called a meeting of all the elders of the churches of where he had been for the last three years and we're going to tell them what was going to take place when he would be taken. Okay, so it says this, verse 17. From Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church and when they had come to him, he said to them, you know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you. Paul was taken to play and he would live like there was a tent maker and he would make tents, he would meet people and he'd go to the synagogue at the weekend and he'd share the gospel everywhere he went. Okay. I always lived amongst you, serving the Lord with all humanity, with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. Even then the Jews were after trying to find a way to get him because of the gospel what he preached. Verse 20. How I kept back nothing that was helpful but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house testifying to Jews and also to Greeks repentance towards God and the faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count, <laughs> nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I might finish the race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed now, I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you to this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. What an incredible statement that is. Paul said, I am innocent yeah. of the blood Amen. of all men. This is the man who was responsible for dragging people out of their homes, 
taking them in chains, taking them to Rome and having them thrown into the gardens of Nero, thrown into the lions because of what they believed, and countless hundreds, dare I say thousands, of men, women and children were killed because of Paul's zealousness for the law. And this man said, what did he say? Therefore I testify to you that this day I am innocent of the blood of all You've done things in your life you're not happy with. Things that might still speak to you periodically or daily. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ. This is what Paul's saying. This is the one who had the revelation of this truth. And this is why he could say, I am now free of any guilt from any man. Think about that. Because he believes, or believed, that he was the righteousness of God in Christ. So now he's been forgiven. And he can walk in that forgiveness. He doesn't no longer hold him. And your fears and failures have no right to hold you anymore. Ever. Amen. Verse 28. Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd of the church of God which is purchased with his own blood if you like he called the elders the people of the leaders of the church at that time mm. do you know some people know this some people don't but I don't know I was going to Millport Church many years ago with the five children that we had, and maybe Jonathan was really small, and we had a visiting speaker. Um, and it was a mission on the mission on the bus, and it was aggravation and stuff. The bus tickets were that long. Telling you what, with the children, there was that long, weren't there? Do you remember? And it was like, shut up, behave yourself, saw you. And it was, we was late as well, and we turned up in the church and kind of slipped in the back of the church, and. Um, and this guy was from Austria he was talking and, and different things and we sat down quiet I don't remember how far into the service but he said after a song or something it was quiet and prayerful and he said um, I've got a word for someone in this church and he said okay we're all sitting there and he says you up there at the back so I saw him pointing my way and I looked behind and he says no you and I thought, oh my goodness me. He's going to tell me all the bad things I've done. I've had a lousy morning. I've been told the kids they were this, that and the other. And me and Dad had probably uh, said a few words as well. He's going to really rip me apart. Hang my dirty washing out. And he says, um, you. And uh, it's me. 
I thought, oh dear, and I, I stood up. I thought, big trouble's coming. And honestly, it's the truth. I didn't know this Christ message. And he says, God's told me, and I'll put my right on, thank you, right, that you've got strong backbone and large shoulders. Spiritual backbone. Spiritual backbone, thank you. And God, you're going to have the message to speak to God's people in the last days. Right? If you knew me then, or what, well, you didn't, I was thinking, what? Please carry on there. Consequently, it's probably 15 years from then, I believe that what I'm sharing with you today is God's message to you for these last days. I'm convinced of it. Probably 20 years. Thank you, Doc. 20 years. That might, I'm glad about that. I am. Because mm -hmm. I know it takes 20 years, or 15, or 20, or 25, for something to bear fruit, really. Through the calling and through the, um, the training and through the determination and the desire to want to see something come forward in God, it doesn't happen instantly. We have to work for it. We have to be fixed. We've got to want it. Yeah. Excuse me. And I'll tell you what, that woman's been pivotal. Mm. If there's anything in me today, She's got to carry half of the responsibility of it because she's been a real, real strength to me. Praise God. Um, Amen. Okay, what, what? <clears throat> So this, in the context, all the elders have been brought together and Paul's going to go. And this is what he want to say. Verse 30. Sorry, 29. For I know this... And after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn you every night and every day with tears. Now listen, please. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the work of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance, along with those who are sanctified. This is the message of the gospel of grace, which is the message for these last days. Right? And in grace, you can be built up. You could not be built up in the law. It was impossible to be built up because you were forever, forever trying to get, the, get it done, do it properly, keeping it there all the time, and you just break your back or break your mind. And we know a couple of people who have had nervous breakdowns and are still walking around not in their right mind 
But the grace of God, the message of grace, is the message that's able to build you up and edify them who are sanctified. And that's us. Amen. Keeping on top of this iPad, is there? Hallelujah. Are you getting this? Yeah. Don't take Christ lightly, church. Don't take Christ lightly. get to the place where I am okay okay last week we talked about when we inherit things the promises of God we all inherit them different when we start showing the scriptures in Exodus where God understands when he gives us something that's substantial he gives it us in a drip measure according to each one it doesn't just drop a big whacking load of benefits onto you that you don't know what to do with because then you just it just struggle you and cause you a problem yeah. it causes you to grow your personality and grow your character so that you can deal with the inheritance and then it brings the inheritance in bit by bit do you understand what I'm saying there? I know someone who gave John a car mm. and it was a blessing of it, great. Mm. But the thing was, John didn't have the money to put the tax and insurance on it and it was just sitting outside his house causing him a massive problem when the initial benefit was great. Yeah. But he couldn't use it. But the truth was, it's, so, I mean, praise God, John was able to save, uh, spe- save it and get something that was going to benefit even better. Things were what he needs. But, but God's not like that. No. He'll give you something, and when you've grown in character, Alleluia. when you've received and followed what you're going to do, he gives you some more. And it's all pointing towards what he wants for you. Do you get that? And some people are going to grow a little bit faster than others. But we don't measure ourselves among ourselves. No. Hallelujah. Okay. Got to be a quicker way of doing this. Um... God told Abraham he was going to give him this particular land. And Abraham said, well how do I know that I'm going to get it? How do I know? And God says this to him in Genesis 15 verses 8 and 9. And he said, Lord God, this is Abraham, how do I know that I will inherit it? How do you know that you're going to inherit this stuff? So God said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, 
a turtle dove and a young pigeon now five sacrifices five is a a, a grace number from God and these animals are three years old this talks about the three year ministry of Jesus and this is a picture of the ministry of Jesus to us right and it's a sign as a sacrifice that's a picture of the sacrifice that Jesus sacrificed himself for us God's sacrifice to us five is a picture and number of grace the three years he's talking about the three year ministry just over three years of Jesus this is how God said to Abraham you will know that I will give you the inheritance so we have to look at how do I know I'm going to get the inheritance what is it that we proclaim and look on when we're looking for our inheritance I'll tell you 1 Corinthians 11.26 Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup you are representing and signifying and proclaiming the fact that the Lord's death until he comes again that's where we this is how we destroy the enemy you know the communion has such an enabling power we do it we don't do it often enough and when I was thinking about this today I was thinking when you go around your friends houses in the next two weeks or in the next one week because we're going to break bread next week alright when you go around your friends' houses next, in the next week, if they're believers, right, listen to me, I'm, I mean this. Don't go and sit and have a cup of tea. Go and sit down and break bread and drink wine and have communion together. Do that and worship him in the communion for however long you want to do that for five minutes, ten minutes half an hour but worshipping in the communion and then do what you need to do after that but give him that first place receive your healing in it receive your righteousness again in it confess say the same thing again do it all the more as you see the day approaching sit in your home do it with our kids me and you don't take my word we're going to do it pour it into our lives two or three times a day if you want but in the new co- in the in the new testament they went from house to house teaching breaking bread prayer it's a it's, it's a normal thing to do it's a right thing to do yeah i, I really believe god told me by the holy spirit to tell you that and the communion table is the place where we receive them promises of God the problem is we've got to take them with the engagement of our heart with the engagement of our intellect and our thinking and knowing the truth and applying that truth I take this bread Lord, I recognise that you bore 
all the pain from me and I receive my healing today again thank you for the truth of that my healing is in this communion today I don't have it anymore thank you Jesus I'm washed and forgiven I'm cleansed from the inside out today because of this communion and I bless this house that brings this communion I bless this person who brings this communion I pray for them and then you'll find you'll be breaking into prophecy and um, tongues and worship and praise and God will start speaking to you and you, it'll just turn the whole thing upside down and you'll be you hold Daniel, sort yeah. yourself out. Yeah. Right. Do it two, three times, four times a day. Do it. Put in there. Mm. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Declaring victory over evil. Declaring the victory of the cross. Mm. Another time this happened, 1 Samuel 7 verses 9 and 10, there was a Philistine army who were coming against Israel. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel. And the Lord answered him and said, Now as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistine drew near for battle and Israel, against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day and so confused them and they were all overcome. Again, the suckling lamb, a picture of our, our Lord Jesus Christ being sacrificed. But when we bring him up in our praise and worship through the communion table, there's a confusion that goes on in the heavenlies because we're fighting against spiritual powers in heavenly places. They're defeated, but they're not, not there. There's a, a verse that I never got to in Acts. I want to go back there. Verse, Acts 20, verse 30. It says this. Also from among yourselves... Men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away after disciples after themselves. Perverse, twisted, wicked, takes the truth and twists it, mm. makes it a half-truth, takes away some of the authority of that truth, takes away some of the authenticity of that truth, takes away some of the power that's in that truth, and it's all causing to follow this person or that person or that thing and this thing, and it's not the truth. And the truth is the grace gospel. Mm. Amen. Now, last point. What happens if I'm slow to receive my inheritance? Well, it's going to all them, and I just don't seem to be able to get it. I don't understand what sits on about sometimes. I can hear things are changing for so and so, and for him and for her, but nothing seems to be changing for me. Hallelujah. Well, this is. Our Saviour, our God, this is what he's thinking for us.
1 Peter 4, 1 Peter 1 verse 4. I want you to all see this. Is it up there? God brings you to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you let me read this again I've got a little bit of an expanded version for a bit God brings you to an incorruptible an inheritance incorruptible that word is, is like it's immortality it's incorruptible it's going to go on forever it's for you it's not subject to death and undefiled it cannot be defiled by sin and does not fade away meaning it's not subject to time it's not subject to time reserved watched over yeah. managed by God himself watched over this is your inheritance I'm talking about. Watched over in heaven for you. So even if you don't get it on earth, and you haven't got the faith to receive it, mm. you'll walk into it in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right. Amen. I'll read it in the, the Amplified Version now. Born anew. Yeah into an inheritance, inheritance which is beyond the reach of change and decay imperishable unsullied unfading reserved in heaven for you come on church amen that's yours rightfully yours yeah. it's coming your way and you'll receive it miserably before you go to heaven where you can get all the joy that you want and take all the chances and make all the mistakes and carry on Hallelujah. while you're in this body of flesh Amen. and someone will go ha 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 and you go so what I don't care what he thinks or she thinks I want to get my inheritance I want to see people moved and changed by my life by the things I say by the things I do that I'm effective Amen. I'm a believer. How? Confess being the righteousness of God in Christ. Every time you say that, confess. Confess simply saying the same thing. The same thing is what? The same thing is the Bible saying to say. I am the righteousness of God. I'm not saying that you behave today, man. I'm not saying that you're a good person or not. But Jay, I'm not saying I'm saying who you are, regardless of what we behave like, with the righteousness of God. But being righteous will eventually turn it round and cause us to walk in that righteousness. We won't hang around limping around, trying to deal with the combination all the time putting plasters and stilts and crutches through our life because we're not trusting God immerse yourself in the word enjoy it oh, break bread mm. and that's the other one proclaim the Lord's death 
confess, believe, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am, I'm it. Get into the word. And opportunities. Teach yourself to go into people's homes, brothers and sisters, and sit down. And before you have your toast and tea, get some cordial and some bread and say, come on, let's just sit down together. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's just worship you, Lord. Thank you for this communion meal. I love you, Lord. I was going to take that bread right now. And thank you for my healing in that bread. And thank you, Jesus. And your inheritance will drop into your lap. The revelation and the word into your heart will come and come and come and come and will do and go and be a living, breathing organism working miracles in your authority and power mm. called church. That's right. Because we'll be the church walking in the inheritance of the Son. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Father, right now, just thank you for your word. Thank you for your inheritance. And Lord, I speak that to be um, written on the, um, the walls of the hearts of everyone here. Lord, that we, we've, we've marked, your word has marked some truth into everyone's hearts and lives today. That Lord, we, we'll go away different, go away with a plan. Lord God, go away expecting greater things, Lord God, in us and through us, because you are there by your Spirit. And we love you and thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.